how do you come up with your creative ideas? Do you ever wish life had an undo button? Walking the balance between business and the creative life can be hard. But Matt and Shelby are here to attempt to answer the tough questions, so you don't need an undo. Presented by Made by Things, this is the Command Z Show. All right, we're back with another episode of the Command Z Show. That was probably the most official intro that I've ever had to this. I think that's going to be like the thing that I do now. Um, and I'm here with uh, a mystery guest, which you probably already know at this point, because uh, you clicked on the episode and you see your name on there. But I'm also here with Shelby. Hey, Shelby, how's it going? Pretty good. It's yeah. Good. How's your day going? Uh, you know. Going well. I'm, cool. I'm here. You, what did you have for breakfast? Um, I actually had cereal. I haven't had cereal in so long. I was like, this this sounds good to me. Really? So yeah. I've been eating cereal like almost every day for the last I want to say eight years, maybe oh, longer. Wow. Yeah. And uh, uh, hopefully this isn't like a HIPAA violation here. I guess I'm telling you my own health here but i had blood work done and they were saying that my cholesterol was a little bit high and i was like i literally don't eat any cholesterol at all and then i start looking around i'm like oh i drink a lot of milk <laughs> i'm like i bet you it's from that anyway so now that we uh we all know each other on a little bit of a better level here uh i want to <laughs> i want to introduce our our guest here lisa lisa quine right i'm saying that right right i always want to say lisa queen and i don't know why um so uh lisa we we met oh years ago Uh, i had you as a presenter for making midwest and you crushed it and uh even before that i started seeing like oh this is interesting like somebody in ohio that's making some really incredible stuff um and not not to say that that's super rare but like this was um i feel like this stuff was on like a different level and um and I was like, well, we absolutely want to get you to kind of speak on any of this kind of stuff that, that you're doing here. Um, and uh, yeah, so if, if you can, just give a little bit of an intro to yourself. It seems like there's a little bit of a delay on when you're talking. So it might take a moment for to kind of kick in. I'm not sure what, what's going on there. But go ahead. Go ahead and introduce yourself. That makes sense because my brain is on a delay. So my computer's just synced up to that. Um, <laughs> no, but, uh, so I'm Lisa Klein. Thank you. You got the pronunciation, right? Um, I, uh, briefly studied graphic design in college. I knew I wanted to do art. Graphic design, um, seemed to be the money making art career at the time. So that's in, luckily I stayed interested in it after learning what it was. Um, then I, uh, graduated, got a job in advertising as an art director, loved it. Um, started doodling and getting back into hand lettering, uh, after work, I would just like work on art direction during the day, go home and start lettering lyrics like I did in high school. Did not know what lettering was back then, but, um, found a whole community through Instagram, started lettering and doing that. And then it's like got really big it turned into murals and eventually uh it kind of this hobby of mine pushed its way into a career so 
I quit my job, started doing that. And now it's mainly murals. <laughs> um, I've done murals in Texas, California, mainly in Ohio, though, like a huge chunk of them are in Ohio. So um, I'm just kind of going with the flow. <laughs> nice. Are you are you you're are you in Texas right now? Are you? Oh, where, where great do you question. <laughs> um, so we were in Texas for from January 2020 to the start of 2021 um, when the pandemic hit and everything. It felt like the universe was trying to tell us maybe go back to Ohio. So we definitely did that. <laughs> and oh, we're happy did. to be home. Yeah, we're happy to be home. We uh, found a house in Hudson, Ohio. And after moving like five times in two years, I don't think we're going to move again. <laughs> nice. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. That's that's similar to uh, me and my wife. We, we moved to um, Los Angeles and then we came back. Um, it was weird. I, I always said, I'm like, I'm never coming back. And we, we came back. But we, we moved around f four or five times within like the first few years that we were here, just like trying to find the right area. It's weird. Yeah, anyway. <laughs> um, so uh, I have I have a question for you that I think that um, I think that you have some very interesting potential insight into uh, this, this question and I want to start here and we'll kind of see where it goes. Um, the, the work that you've done, uh, I've always been fascinated by it because it's not, I don't know, maybe you have a little bit of a style, I guess, but you, you seem to take things, at, you, you seem to approach every single project that you do as an individual and it seems like you have some kind of process in place that leads you to creating relatively different work for each thing. Like, again, I think that certain things we can tell that it's your, your style, but like a lot of it, I think that it's just kind of like, I don't know, specialized in a way. So the question that I have for you is how do you, how do you come up with your creative ideas? And I know that's such a vague question, but let's, let's start there and let's see, uh, let's see where we go. Um, I think it would be easier to narrow it down to like, do you want to talk about client work or personal projects? Because I think that those two processes look a little different. Right. Let's let's go with the client projects first, and then we'll we'll talk about the personal stuff. Perfect. So I tell everyone that I am a muralist that definitely looks like a graphic designer trying to paint murals rather than um, studio like well-trained artists that's been painting their whole life can paint realistic things and they do murals like I'm very much focused on maybe like cleaner lines like really graphic graphics um I don't know how else to say that but uh when people approach me for a mural it's usually it's typically an office mural um those are the big ones so it's a lot of core values it's a lot of trying to jazz people up with fun quotes and I mean expressive lettering kind of my thing um so that's generally the the bulk of it so what I do I just look at different fonts I look at different inspiration um typically the end goal is to find five to six images it could be my past work it could be other people's work and try to mod podge them together um, it's kind of like, I mean, any song you hear today has a sample of other music, but they, um, most artists like try to take it and put their own stuff on top of that. Like, that's kind of what I do. I feel like a DJ just putting all this inspiration together and, um, 
trying to come up with something visually pleasing that makes the client happy because it's within their brand guidelines, but also it looks like artwork too. <laughs> um, hopefully that answers that. <laughs> no, that I think that's, it's really fascinating. So it seems like a lot of it has to do with, you know, if you're gathering sort of references or something like that, a lot of it has to do with just taste. Um, do you, um, do you like, do you collect a lot of reference outside of like client projects or do you only jump in whenever it's time? Um, like you said, I try to treat each, um, mural differently because I, I don't know. I have a hard time getting focused and stuck on one thing that inspired me. It's just like a bunch of stuff. So I'll, whenever I'm doom scrolling, I'll save images, whether it's Pinterest, whether it's TikTok, whether it's Facebook, Instagram. I have all these channels that I like to save references through. And it the, the big ones, the big ones I feel inspired by go on the desktop. Then they go into the client folder and I'll save those for that project. But um, yeah, I try to look at every project like a clean slate. I'm like, okay, what interests me right now? Is it Art Nouveau? Is it um, Art Deco? Is it turn of the century stuff? Is it modern stuff? Um, recently, I did a playground and it says play all day. And I used lettering I've never done before. It was a completely new style. I didn't love the concept at first. Um, I threw it out there anyway. I'm like, this is a sketch. I'm thinking of something playful. I reworked it and did something in more of my style and the client liked the original playful stuff. And I'm like, okay. And it actually did really well, like on social media. So I'm like, you know, maybe people know something I don't, <laughs> but it, it's fun to try new things. I tried not to like box myself in one thing or like, I, I do like vintagey Victorian stuff, but I can save that for personal work for client work. I like trying new things. Cutting out a little bit there. I marked this clip, Shelby. Maybe that'll make it easier for edit. Thank you. So it broke. Lisa, are you there? You there? I can see you moving a little bit. Can you hear us? I have full bars. I'm trying to figure out what the hangup is. Okay, I can hear you again. Um, I don't know. I think we're good. Um, let me mark this one more time and keep going. No, don't worry about it. Um, is there, I, I, I see a lot of those images on social media that, that you post. I see some of them of you in some pretty high places. Uh, that doesn't seem like something a designer would normally do. So <laughs> is there any fears that had to be overcome to be able to get up in these, uh, certain situations to be able to paint these giant murals? Everything. I am scared of anything over 12 feet and <laughs> I just suck it up. Like I tell myself the end goal is worth it. Just get over it. You're not going to fall. But like I, even when we're traveling, I can't do like, you know, the cool bridges to the waterfalls and stuff. Like I, uh, I'm terrified of really? like I said, anything over 12 feet. So um, that is a difficult part of the job. <laughs> uh, yeah. But yeah, just kind of say, screw it, do it anyway. <laughs> um, I, I'm scared of spiders. They're 
always bugs, like weird bugs, bees. Um, I'm scared of being alone in the dark and, you know, projecting on walls. You have to do it at nighttime or early, early in the morning. And I can't listen to anything because if I have headphones in and I hear like one thing, I'm like, oh my God, someone's going to get me. (laughs) That's how, that's Um, when anytime I go running, I, um, yeah, yeah. Any, anytime I go running, I I don't know, I don't have my headphones in. Like if somebody like passes me on a bike or something like that, I'm like, ah, <laughs> like just not expecting that at all. But there's there's been times where I'm like, you just get really freaked out and like spooked out about certain things. I don't know. I can't imagine that. But um, so I guess I'm, I'm, I'm curious about this idea of kind of leaving. You're, you're from Cleveland area. Is that right? initially right so why this is completely unrelated here but i'm curious like why why go somewhere else why why try to why leave um so i me and my husband had like i just feel like we're such a great team for two years you know before we had kids i really was selfish and just put all my time and energy into trying to make this business successful and it was and i i looked at it i'm like you know what i'm really happy with the first couple years of my business so uh, a little bit of technical difficulties here so we might be in and out of of things a little bit but where we left off here we were talking about um uh you and your husband are a great team and uh and leaving leaving ohio tell us more about that Yeah, so I was focused on myself for two years, trying to get a business going. Um, It was more successful than I could ever imagine. I'm like, you know what? I had a great run. Let's focus on Mark. He got like a really good job offer with Hilton Hotels, like working with corporate marketing there. So we had to choose between moving to DC and Dallas. And we initially picked DC, looked at the housing market and thought, nope, um, Dallas sounds a lot better. (laughs) So we moved to Dallas because it was, um, I don't know, you could just buy a bigger house for, your money went a lot further down there. Um, And it was warm. So I was nine months, eight, nine months pregnant. We drove from Ohio to Texas. Um, We found a house. had a baby on the day we moved into the house. Oh, hold up, hold up. It was insane. And then... So, wait a minute. You're saying that you decided to leave your doctor and all of that stuff. Um, and you decided to just up and leave when you're almost due for a situation that you didn't know a whole lot about. Is that right? It felt like... Yeah, it felt like, you know, we were still young. Yes, we were having like a kid, but it it was a great opportunity. It was a great move for his career and I was game for it. I've only lived in Ohio. Mm -hmm. So I'm like, you know, this this could be interesting. Like this could be our way to see another part of the country. I wasn't crazy about Texas, but um, it ended up being great. Uh, I loved our house. I've never had a house with a pool probably never will again so that was nice right um and yeah it was just an interesting time so we we looked for a house found one 
we're moving in. I'm on all fours telling people where to put boxes. I'm like, I think I got to go to the hospital. <laughs> Our daughter comes. <laughs> and while I'm in the hospital, the NBA shut down their season. And it's like this COVID thing's getting serious. And so COVID happened. Um, my husband gets furloughed from Hilton because the hotel industry changed like right away. Right. And so we're like, we just moved for this like dream job and it's gone. <laughs> Luckily, we both got on our feet. Um, he got a job with Sam's Club, but it was a contractor position. We didn't have health benefits or we'd have to pay an insane amount for the health benefits. So I actually got an entry level graphic design job just for healthcare. Our country's so weird about that um that's a whole but yeah podcast i got right that there. three months after i just had a kid wow <laughs> we're like texas is not really working out this is not what we had hoped for or expected um so i had a graphic design job i was still doing like mural projects like here and there and i had my most insane project to date during that whole time too i had to hand paint a hundred brushes for a beta it was just wild. And yeah, so that happened. He actually got a job back at Progressive. And so that's what brought us back to Ohio. Nice. That's where um, where he was working mm -hmm. before Hilton. Um, and so we're like, okay, now you're at like a good job. I'm, I'm going to get back into my business and we're good. We can settle. Right. <laughs> wow. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. So little bit of a shake-up. Yeah. Uh, well, first thing, my mom works at Progressive as well. That's crazy. Not that crazy, but... Uh, oh, my God. Anyway, she says hi. Uh, <laughs> um, that's... that's. I don't know, it just... It reminds me a lot of just kind of the situation that, that I had where... I don't know. Sometimes you... These opportunities pop up, and I think that... Honestly, for... It could be tough to see these things as like opportunities. Sometimes you just kind of think of it like a crazy thing. So me and my wife, we went to, so we're both from Cleveland area, we'll say. And uh, we went to, uh, well, we were, we were living in Pittsburgh at the time, but we went to Los Angeles. Just it's my first time on a plane, like the first time farther west than Indiana. Like I, before this, just no travel was really in my life at all. And... Uh, we get there and I was like, this is great. I'm like, wouldn't it be amazing if we could just like stay here? And it was just kind of a joke at first. And then I visited a friend that worked at a studio there and he was like telling me, he's like, yeah, come on by. I'll introduce you to people. It'll be fun. I'm like, oh, this would be cool. Like see where they like make actual like Hollywood things. This is super fun. And, um, as I, I, he's like introducing me to these people. And then like we walk upstairs to this conference room. I'm like, what are we doing in this room? And like, everyone sits down. So I'm like, okay. So I sit down too. And it basically like, I didn't realize it at first, but it basically turned into an interview. And they're like asking questions about like the work that I do and all this stuff. I'm like, this is weird. But I was like, I, I don't know what my friend told them exactly that I was doing there, but <laughs> uh, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna, I'm on vacation right now. Like, I'm not gonna worry about it. Let's just let's have let's have an interview. Whatever. Like, I'm not looking for a job at all right now. But, and um, then it kind of got a little bit serious. Like, a couple of days later, we're still in Los Angeles. Los Angeles at the time. I think we were there for a week total. But like, they were like saying that they were like 
thinking about that idea of like me working there and I was like this that's funny like there's we're not gonna do that and we started talking about it a little bit more and my wife's like why not I was like I'm like you you would really want to just like up and leave like everything and just like do this and she's like why not <laughs> I'm like okay so two weeks later I basically we went back to Pittsburgh moved all of our stuff or got I got everything in a moving truck took it back to my mom's house near Cleveland and then I ended up flying back out to Los Angeles for the, for the promise of about two weeks of work but we were in the middle we were about to move to another apartment and um, like in Pittsburgh so we were already kind of gathering our things already but I had to like cancel that immediately because I'm like you know what this is an opportunity and I'm gonna take it uh, like it was so so scary easily the scariest time of my entire life but that had, had two, two weeks of pro- two weeks of a promise uh, of work and I was like you know what if I can do good I bet you they keep me there and I guess I did good enough because it was two weeks later they're like yeah we want to we want to hire you but that whole thing right there is a situation in my life that I never ever want to go through again but I'm so glad that I did it my heart rate is so <laughs> high because of please oh that whole story but how exciting it, it was but I, I guess you know again similar in this way that it's like okay now we're in this place that like it's just it's not home there's a lot of people from Ohio that live in Los Angeles, but it just, it just, it never really felt right, honestly. And like, we, we enjoyed the time that we, we had there, but we were there for three years. And then it was like, you know what, let's move somewhere else. And like, I never, honestly, never even considered Ohio, even at this point, because I told my mom never moving back to Ohio. So just so you know, and when I started seeing some of the stuff, that's coming out of Ohio, like the the artists and the work that's being done. I was like, this is different than when I left. Like these people are not just, you know, not feeling the need to flock towards the coast to, to live in the big cities anymore. Um, and, uh, to me, I was like, you know what, this looks, uh, well, I chose Columbus obviously as the place I wanted to go. But anyway, all that being said, I can't imagine trying to do something like that while, like having a, a baby soon, <laughs> like that. Just the stress level of that—that that makes my heart rate go crazy. Uh, no. Yeah. Um, personally, it felt like I was a kid having a kid. Mm-hmm. Like I didn't feel like adult enough <laughs> to have a kid, but now I feel even right. more like a kid. Like just seeing the world through right. her eyes. That's, oh, it's yeah. weird now. So we have we have three. And after the first two, we had a little bit of a gap for the third one and four year gap in between them. And I was like, I feel like a grandparent at this point. I'm like going through all of that for four years, like now starting over again. I'm like, there's no way that like we're going to survive this. <laughs> it was it was definitely tough, but it's like going going from like changing diapers every single day. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, I don't have to do it anymore. And then all of a sudden you're back to doing diapers every single day. That's that was rough. But you have you have uh, do you have one? Or, you have two, don't you? One or two? So um, one. one who is one that two, is two, and one <laughs> right, on the way. Right, right, right. There we are. That's what I was thinking. Um, that's pretty exciting. Uh, where are you going to move this time? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> 
I know this isn't the the question that that I had initially, but this is kind of again one of those threads that I love to pull on, um, of you being, you know, a mother in this design industry and just I don't know. Do you do you feel like I, I'm hoping that I'm not projecting at all here, but do you feel like you have, or do you feel like it's more difficult to kind of raise kids as a designer and be able to keep up with the craft and everything. And I don't know. That's a great question. Um, I was definitely heavily involved before kids came. Um, I mean, I was just like, every waking thought went into my business, went into creativity and went into everything. Like I was looking for places to go network, um, conferences to attend, uh, ways to just like keep marketing. I was just like on a hamster wheel basically. And after having kids, I didn't feel the pressure because I knew I wanted to be a good mom and a good artist, but a better mom and maybe an okay artist because um, I don't know, like people talk about it all the time. especially actresses who like their image is about everything. And uh, I heard one of them, I I think actually Ethan Hawke directed a documentary on like Paul Newman and someone else. But uh, she said if she were to do anything different, she wouldn't have kids. I was like, wow. Because I mean, I know I was like, oh, (laughs) but I I heard that and I was like, "Mm, I can't relate. But like, it does take away from your career. If you're career driven, you probably shouldn't have kids. And to me, I knew I, I always wanted a family. So for right now, especially like maybe until they turn five and start going to school, I don't feel as pressured to like be on top of my right. game and like put out the best work. Like I, I can kind of coast right. right now because family is coming first, but, um, I'm looking to do more personal work so I can right. keep up with it. Um, so yeah, just right. All right. So first of all, I'm gonna apologize because that was a somewhat sexist question that I believe I just asked. But I guess I, I meant more of being a parent, not necessarily just a mother. Because and because I feel the the same thing. Like whenever I had kids, it was like whoa, whoa, whoa. Like now, priorities are different. Like I still want to be amazing at what I do, but I have a different priority list now. Where it's like, it's this identity changing event that happens in your life where like, I used to say like, I'm an animator, I'm a creative, I'm a designer, like I am all of these things. But then like, yeah, once kids came around, it's like, no, 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 I'm a dad. That's the top thing on the list. And um, it's definitely the most challenging thing especially just as they get older and they're fighting with each other constantly and trying to keep them quiet while i try to do podcasts but like <laughs> um I, get, I know so i'm always interested in talking to parents in general of just like how do you prioritize uh, kids in your family but still at the same time want to be amazing at, at what it is that you do you know mm-hmm. and uh i don't know I, I i haven't found an answer for that but it's it's tough i i feel like whenever you do have kids, you realize that your time, I think you're more efficient with your time. At least that's, that's how I was anyway. Cause it's like, okay, I'm not going to just work until 11 o'clock at night. Like I have to get all of these things done, but now I need to get them done before five. Mm-hmm. And that's like, to me, that's, that's generally what I'm always thinking about. So it's like, 
I don't like I just I can't mess around during my day at all like going down Wikipedia rabbit holes uh, <laughs> <laughs> or just random things but I don't know yeah, yeah exactly it forces you to set boundaries which I did not have when I didn't have kids like it was just like yes I will do anything for the client I will work whatever hours like no sleep till right, I'm right. dead <laughs> like that kind of mentality and now I'm like okay I'm like Friday's admin day Monday through Thursday I will focus on installing the murals but like you know drop off and pick up those are set in stone um, for daycare right. and stuff so yeah, the boundary setting was right. super That's, helpful. <laughs> my, my biggest thing is always, like, I, I want to be able to take them and pick them up from school every day. As long as I can do at least those things, because the conversations on the way to and from school are just the most interesting things. <laughs> they're like, when you take them to school, they're different people than when you pick them up. Like, they, first, like they start adapting to the personalities of, like, the kids that they're around, so it's just interesting to bring them home. Anyway, um... Uh, I don't have any questions prepared here. <laughs> uh, Sh Shelby, uh, anything? Yeah, no, I'm actually, um, I'm really fascinated by this because I don't have any kids. And I live a creative life from, you know, 7 a.m. until 12 o'clock at night, 1 in the morning. So I'm, I'm constantly working at all times and I have no boundaries whatsoever. I, I never say no to any projects ever. It's just, yeah, let's keep them coming. Let's just keep rolling. Matt knows this. So, um... It's really fascinating to me because I've been thinking about this and I've been talking to a lot of the other creatives too, um, men and women, kind of on their their ideas of, of families and living that creative life and how they set their own boundaries. I have a lot of creative people with, with families, without families, um, people that aren't involved with their immediate families ever because they're so creative um, and because they're very focused on their career. So I think it's a really fascinating and important conversation to have because I think it's something that gets overlooked, especially with, you know, even just maintaining friendships too, while living the lives that we lead because right. we do get really involved in what we're doing. I, I think part of it is also when you're, when I was younger anyway, it was almost a fear of, children like I've always honestly I've always wanted children I've always liked children um but at the same time it was like oh I gotta hurry up and get all these things done in my career before before I have kids because that's what my mom was always telling me is like do it while you're young right like that's constantly what my mom was always saying and um so for me it felt like almost like a race and when my wife was pregnant the first time I was 25 26 somewhere around there and um, I don't know, to me, it, it felt like a, I don't know, maybe this is too much here, but like, it felt like a closing window where mm -hmm. I was like, okay, like now, like, I, I'm not going to be able to push for very much longer. And honestly, like, I don't think that that ever materialized. I think that I, I feel like I've always been able to push the same amount as I was before. It's just different. And I think, like like you're saying, Shelby, it's about setting those those sort of boundaries. But like, it's just I I push in different ways. I just again I realize now that I have to be just more efficient, and I I can't go to as many meetings. I think people get annoyed by that sometimes. But I'm like just video calls still. I don't I don't want to take the time to drive drive right now. So, um, I don't know. Lisa, is that something that you think you you think a lot about or? 
Well, I mean, to what Shelby was saying, I, that's exactly what I went through in my 20s. I was so addicted to what I did that I didn't care about the hustle. Like, I saw it as, yeah, kind of a closing window. You know, I'm just going to do this now. And I don't know, like, the, the one, I try not to have regrets. I guess the one thing I do regret is missing some of those, like, social yeah. opportunities. But I was doing what I loved. I built an audience, I built a business, so I'm okay with making some sacrifices because uh, it did give me a career doing what I love and I could support my family through it. So, I don't know, I'm, I'm okay with the hustle as long as, I. what I worry about is when people mentally, like, when it's hurting their mental capacity for everything. Like, that's the red flag, and that's what you got to watch out for. Um, luckily, I didn't hit that when I was working till 1 a.m. and stuff. I was just so enthralled with the work. <laughs> so it just depends. It depends right. on the person. I, I guess kind of linking this back to some of what we were talking about before, just like, you know, your creative process. And I think, I know, again, I know we're venturing off a little bit on this on this path here, but, like, I think all of this kind of plays a role into what that creative process is like. Um, and uh, I don't know. I, it it can definitely. I mean, for me anyway, it can definitely just it could be tough. But one of the things that I like to try to do again is try to like, and something that I encourage everybody on our team to do is like just pulling from your own life to be able to come up with ideas on on things. Mm-hmm. So that kind of leads me to like the, the personal side of things for your for your creative process. Like, how how is that different than working with clients so (laughs) um i am such an emotional person i feel like my emotions are what drives uh the creative process sometimes like um just especially being pregnant when (laughs) hormones are insane like just insane um it's either like I'm so depressed and sad that I want to express mm-hmm. it or it gets too much to, like if I'm so depressed where it like I can't I shut down and can't do anything. So fine. I think what you said on the another podcast episode is creativity is like how you heal. That's exactly how I feel about personal work. Like if I'm hurting, especially first trimesters are so rough. You are the only person going through this like in your life and you can't tell anyone that you're pregnant but you feel sick and tired every day and you can't mm-hmm. do anything like that and especially for a workaholic that was really tough um and so now that i'm feeling better <laughs> and trying to look for like personal projects to really express how i was feeling and what i was going through so i could heal um I, I, again that's what drives me and what i said earlier um about doodling lyrics like that's always been my go-to i love music it really helps with the emotional side and i don't know it's just fun to express these words of these singers and i don't know when i hear music i sometimes picture what a music video could look like or what work inspired by that song would look like um yeah yeah, that's kind of where the personal projects come from just emotions and that's that's for me that's like i try to make every project that i work on personal and like most people don't know and i'm fine with that i mean there there are some where it's clear it's it's pretty (laughs) obvious but like um i I think i brought this up on a previous episode but it's like there's one project that we did that um 
I was just completely lost for ideas on it. I had no idea where to go with this. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to play with my kids. Just we're, We had like just those wooden blocks and we're just building these elaborate things and trying to like just make a whole big like city. And um, I was like just thinking about it in my head. I was like, you know what? Like they kept talking about how they want everything to be like, they just want to simplify insurance. Right. And like, I obviously it's, kind of sounds really cliche and cheesy when you say it like that but it's like like what is what is more simple than just blocks just geometry in general in general you know and i was like this is this is it you know so i was like you know what i'm one of the ideas i was like i want to do this whole thing this elaborate thing in 3d and it's all made of kids building blocks and i'm just thinking that they'd be like no but they were like yeah that sounds great i'm like cool so like it was just an idea i didn't think that it would actually get passed through and kind of make it all the way but um but now like people see it as like oh like yeah i've seen that before and it's like yeah, you guys have no idea but like to me that that just tells me the exact time like it just it paints a picture for me of like when i was just playing with them and just building blocks and i don't know it's just this very great moment between me and them and so like that's i see i see that as a snapshot more than i see like car made of blocks going down this thing and talking about insurance and, but like that was one of the most fulfilling projects that, that I've ever worked uh, one of the most fulfilling client projects because of that you know um, yeah I, I don't know I don't, do you, yeah I don't know I don't know if that uh, sounds weird at all or, I love yeah. that I sometimes I try not to put a lot of personal work into client work just because if they shut it down then right. I that way it protects right. me emotionally. Um, that's something I learned in advertising. Don't get tied mm -hmm. to your work too much because people will crap all over it. Right. <laughs> if there's too many things in the kitchen, especially. Right. I... But I love that, like, oh my God, the keep it simple, stupid is something that runs through my head a lot because where I have gotten in trouble in the past creatively is overthinking, adding too much. So I try to like find the line between maximalist and right I, I think that's another part though also like you know having kids and and um everything was just kind of like i don't i don't have the time to overcomplicate things mm -hmm. so i think for me i actually started like finding my voice a bit more because it was like well that was just easiest it's easiest for me just to say what i'm thinking and kind of skip the bullshit part of everything you know um but i i just I, I think for all the projects that we work on at this point, anything that I like personally touch, which isn't as much these days, but um, like if I was doing illustration on a project, it would be like, oh, this is this person in my life. Or like, um, sorry, I'm making this really about me, but sorry. <laughs> um, uh, we we did a, um, <clears throat> we did a, we did a short film for a company or we call it a brand film. This kind of like my, my dream has always been like, I want to make short films, but I want to make them for brands. And I want to uncover these stories that are worth telling. Like I don't, I'm done with explainers. I don't, in the traditional explainer, I'll say. Like I just, they're overdone and they're not really meaningful. They're not really remembered. I'm like, I want to make stuff that moves people and the things that they can remember. And it doesn't always have to be like really dramatic or anything like that. It could be funny too. But like either way for me, it's always like, I want to make people feel things. So, um, like, so this, uh, this, this brand film that we did, I wrote the, the story for it 
and so I, I actually have four kids. The the third one, she she passed away after ten days. So for me, I've always found it to be really important to be able to kind of let her live on in a lot of different ways, kind of through me. I, again, this is getting into some real probably psychology <laughs> stuff here. But like for me, it's always like, how do I always bring her into the fold in everything that I do? And uh, so one of those things was we we made a short film that was just, just on that, that story of just things that I was feeling at that time. Um, but for this, I was like, you know what? She's going to be the main character of this, of this, of this film. And uh, our, her name is Madeline. And I put, I put her in the story. I put her as Maddie. And, uh, you know, I had this whole story of her, like growing up, like wanting to help animals and basically, you know, working hard and becoming a vet and, it just, it just it's this whole story that worked perfectly well for this company. And I was like, this is 100% like another really personal story, but nobody knows it. So anyway, <laughs> they come back and they're like, eh, we don't like the name Maddie. Can we use Addie instead? <laughs> oh my God. And I was like, yeah, we can. <laughs> like, but like, how did you feel I, from it, hearing that? It 100% feedback? hurt, but it was like, I don't, I didn't, I, uh, they were like, hey, like, the owner's daughter's name is Addie, and we'd love that to be in there. I'm like, I get it. Like, we can we can do that. But like, I didn't want to tell them, like, hey, you know what? <laughs> Here's the reason <laughs> why. Because um, then they would feel bad, and then they would know how personal it is. And I honestly just didn't want them to, to know that at all. Now, if anyone on their team listens to this, they'll know. But, <laughs> um, but to... I know you, you sometimes with the client relationship, like they kind of want you to be a robot, a creative right. robot that doesn't have a personal life and just right. works for but them. At the same time, it's like, I don't know, kind of finding a good way to collaborate with people. And by changing that one thing, it gave part of their team a way to feel a little bit more ownership of this thing, too. So, like, again, I wasn't going to, like, make a big deal about it. But, like, personally, yeah, there was, like, five minutes where I was like, no, absolutely not. We're not changing this. Like, this is a central part of the story. <laughs> but I was like, no, it's it's not. Like, it it can still be what it is to me, but it can be something else to somebody else. And I think that's that's also another really interesting aspect. I mean, that gets more into making art than it does creating things for brands. But it's like, I don't know, anytime that you can make something where somebody else feels something different than what you did. I don't know. Like, to me, that's just one of the most special things that, that we can do. Um, for for people like you know, like people always say like no we're not like you know, rocket scientists or brain surgeons but it's like no 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 we still we still have an impact on this world the, the, the things that that we do and no it's it's not like the most crucial like life or death kind of thing but I still think that what we do is a, a big part of just life yeah. I don't know <clears throat> like, I think. Well, thank, thank you for sharing that story because that's one of the hardest things any human could go through. And I think what a touching way to keep her memory alive. And I, I hope you get to do it. Um, I will. One day. Even if it's personal. Right. Now, no, that's what I was saying. Like, so initially, sorry, I'm still going on here. But like, um, for me, it was uh, making the short film. We made a short film called Where Are You Now? And it was kind of like this idea where I'm like, hey, you know, everybody is like, you giving me and my wife the sad eyes is what we call them yeah. where it's like we know like they th they don't want to say anything because we they don't want to remind us like we don't think about it every minute of every day yeah. but like 
I just like, you know, I want people to understand that there is hope, even in tragedy. So it was like, I needed to tell that story. And it was, that was something that was like, this is super urgent. I need to tell the story. I need to tell it right now. Um, but it was weird because I have a team of people where I'm like, listen, guys, like, I don't expect you all to understand what we're about to do. But like, we're going to take time. We're taking company time to make this thing. Um, that's really important for me to to get made. And uh, it, that was also a weird process, just like sharing that with everybody and like just helping them understand again, like, like, oh, no, this person can't this character can't animate like that. It needs to animate more like this. Mm-hmm. And it's like, like, I don't know. I still don't think that they all fully understood all of the decisions that I made, but I was like, I don't know. For me, I was like, I'm never more passionate about one project before. Um, but right. I don't know. So for me, it was like, yeah, once it once, once we told that story, it ended up going to, uh, we did the whole like film festival thing, made it into the Cleveland International Film Festival. And so wow. to tie our stories together a little bit. So I'm getting ready to go up to Cleveland because I was like, this is amazing. Like it's going to be shown in front of all these people and they're going to let me talk about it for a little bit. And I was like, that's, that's what I want. Like that's what that's, I wanted to share that story in that way. And I start making plans to get a hotel in Cleveland and everything. And all of a sudden uh, COVID starts and they cancel the whole oh thing. Um, so it never actually, it was in the festival, but it never actually ended up happening. Um, oh yeah. So. Wait, so did they show, the festival they, didn't happen, so no one No, not, not, I mean, unless they watched it online. I think they did like a, a screening yeah. of it, oh, but I, I think that it was significantly those. less people. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It, it was too bad. I was like, oh, that was... That was a, a good moment there, but I was like, I'm not, I'm not mad about it, but it was like, uh, COVID ruined everything for everybody. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think that kind of. Sure words have not been spoken. That kind yeah. of work is so important though, especially I, I'm a really big believer in the Ernest Hemingway, sit down at a typewriter and bleed. Really big believer in yeah. that. Just sit down, let it come out. I mean, if you look at my track record of creative work, you can tell exactly where I was emotionally when I wrote that or when I created that at all times, because I, I just, I just let it flow out. I think it's, I think it's good to be honest, good to create honest work, especially if you can make it personal. I mean, client work, maybe not so much, but that personal work, if you can really just let it flow out and heal in a creative way, I think it's, I think it's helpful and good. Absolutely. I mean, we, I was just having a conversation this morning with um, another mural artist from Cleveland, Kelly. Uh, she, we were talking about how, this is kind of off topic, but um, companies are trying to get employees to come back with food yep. tables and, and people can see through the bullshit. Like they want true stuff, like real human stuff. And I know this was a buzzword back in the day about being authentic. Like we want companies to be authentic. So maybe that is a great way to do it. Like putting personal stories in client work. Um, I know there probably should be a balance there too, but what a great way to show connection. Right. Right. So as far as all the things that you do now, like, so are you, you're still doing murals right now? Are you doing one right now at this moment? Or, I mean, obviously you're not on the side of a building, but. 
this whole thing um, I've been painting no, the whole time. <laughs> no, it was crazy. We got back from vacation on Sunday. Monday, the following day, I wrapped up um, a mural project at a shop, an outdoor shopping center. And then Tuesday, I went down to Columbus for like a whole day and finished a mural at Facebook. And Wednesday, I was like, okay, we're going to take a breather here. I just wrapped up two big projects. Um, and so, yeah, scheduling out murals is super interesting. Everything changes, especially in construction sites. Um, so the next, like, I have a whole, like, a list of projects by month, nice. but there's, like, question marks by right. each one of them. <laughs> it's just, like, it, it's so hard. you got to factor in weather. you got to factor in how right. long they take, because I can try to give a timeline, but right now I've learned, you know, it will just give each project its own month, and... With kids, especially, like, you know, if they get sick, I have to stay home and not work. Like, it just, things pop up all the time. So it's really hard to schedule out a mural. Right. <laughs> um, which is not no, what no, you no. asked I... initially. Um, I, I do have projects in the queue. Like, uh, I've got two murals due August 24th for a company called Airgas. And they do, like, they sell welding stuff and gas tanks of nitrogen and I don't know. I'm just learning so much about so how, many different things. But like, I know you are too. How do, how, how do people keep finding you to do all these things? You think? That's a great question. Um, it's location. Like, not there, there's a group of mural artists in Cleveland, um, but it's small and there's a lot of work. So we stay busy. Like all mural artists, I, I'll try to like. Um, uh, recommend people for projects if I can't take them on and usually they're booked up too like it's it's insane up here uh so yeah I feel I uh, I remember giving a workshop I think it was in somewhere in Louisiana maybe at crop and someone asked like I how do you get mural business like I'm in a big city like New Orleans um I don't know how to like get clients I'm like I don't know what to tell you because I'm in Cleveland and right. like the work is just so abundant up there. Um, so I think that's how people find me. Like it's just a small community. Right. I think you're selling yourself short a little bit there. Uh, that I believe that you are potentially the best muralist uh, in this general area. I do not think that. Um, but I and I think it. that when you're when you're that good at something, it's probably a little bit easier to uh, <laughs> get people calling, probably. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I find it fascinating that there's the sort of community of people so specialized in different uh, in, in things like murals. You know, I don't know. Um, yeah. I also look at it as a trend. Like murals are really big right now. Before it was lettering. Um, so I'm always like, like, what's the next thing? Like people might get sick of murals. You know. Um, so I'm like ready for that. Like I'm just trying to ride the wave right now. But I'm, yeah, it's like what's what's going to be the thing after murals? Because a lot of mural artists right now started out as lettering artists, um, or maybe that's just something I have tunnel vision on because of who I follow right. on Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, cool. Let's go through some uh, some final thoughts here. Uh, Shelby, we're going to start with you. Uh, um, I'm uh, 
no, go ahead. You're good. You're good. Go no, ahead. I was just going to say, uh, go, going back to the initial question of uh, kind of creative process, what, go, what goes behind that? Again, I know we covered a lot of ground <laughs> here today. Um, but yeah, I just, let's, let's hear it. I am. I am going to, before I hop onto that really fast, just because um, I think the, the perspective of mural artists is fascinating to me because my, um, my grandmother was actually a mural artist for quite some time. And yeah, so um, I, do, I do a lot of watercolor and more traditional arts and she taught me, but she was doing murals in Hawaii for a long time. So she had gone over there and she just traveled and like brought a couple of her paintings and just showed them around. And she was at this hotel and they saw them and they're like, just come back and paint murals for us. So there's a bunch of murals in Hawaii. And then she ended up like painting my bedroom, like a jungle when I was a really little kid. But um, wow. she's the coolest. She's really neat. But no, I find that fascinating, especially that, that kind of word of mouth community travel, I think is, is really cool. Definitely relate to that. But yeah, kind of that creative process. Um, I think it does change based whether it's your personal or your client creative process. But I think a lot of it is finding finding a lot with what works for you and being able to draw on your own personal experiences, whether that be where you are in life, whether you have a family and you're setting those boundaries or you're working until 1 a.m. Um, I think a lot of it comes with self-reflection and just being able to see where are you at right now in your space and how can you process that? Yeah. Lisa, go ahead. Final thoughts. Um, I just think like when it comes to the creative process, like yeah, maybe everyone has a different formula that works for them. For me, it's just seeing artwork, whether it's like on screen, off screen. I always just like see something that gets me excited. I'm like, how do I do that? Like it's kind of selfish, but it just I'll see something like. Cleveland architecture is something that really inspires me. I'll walk into a building, it's super old, but the ceiling is gaudy, and I'm just like, okay, how do I do that? Like, how do I put that into work and explore, like, that design? I don't know. It's just, what you, you have to follow what excites you. Right. Oh, I love that. Um, I was just in Cleveland, like, a couple weeks ago, and we walked through the arcade. That's, like, my absolute favorite building. It's just, it's so incredible. Look that up, Shelby. The arcade, Cleveland. Because um, it's just, it's a one of a kind. It's just, it really is breathtaking. Like, as soon as you walk in this place, it's just it's big ceilings and just all of this detail. Um, it's crazy. At Rockefeller, yeah. right? <laughs> yep. Um, anyway, so yeah, so yeah, kind of kind of piggybacking on, on what both of you were saying. I think that, I, I guess for me, I, I feel like, a creative process should be personal. Um, I, I, I mean, it comes down to again, like personal taste, personal story, and that's kind of the the beauty of getting many creative people together. That is, whenever these just sort of explosions happen of just different ideas and stuff like that, I think is really fascinating. Um, but I think ultimately it comes down to also just story. Like, what what stories are we trying to tell, and you know, understanding if, like, yeah, even if we're working with a client, like, no, we can't tell our personal stories, but maybe we can. I don't know, in a, in a way, maybe. That's all I got. 
anything else that uh, either of you want to add to this? They're both looking around their rooms right now. Just don't put too much pressure on the right. process. Like, it should be fun. It shouldn't be yeah. daunting. Right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's really important to do what you love, especially in a creative field, so you don't burn out. So right. making it fun is one of my top priorities, and it definitely right. helps. Love it. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for joining us. And uh, thank you guys for no. having me. This is so <laughs> You're fun. like, I'm going to do this all the time now. <laughs> I'm no longer a muralist. I am yeah. now a podcaster. <laughs> Look at that. You can do it. Um, and uh, again, like just uh, where, where can people find your work? I can't remember the website off the top of my head. I probably keep up with okay. Instagram, Instagram the most. So I will say the handle is at Lisa underscore. Look at that. Q-U-I-N-E. <laughs> Look at that. You will be um, not disappointed if you follow her on Instagram. <laughs> There's a lot of, lot of great stuff on Thank there. Thank you. Um, all right. Anyway. All right. That's, uh, that's all I have. And uh, all right. Love you. Bye. The Comanzi Show is created by Made by Things. And if you have a question you would like us to discuss, you can send a message at cmdz.show. And if you like what you hear, leave a review. We'll see you next week with a brand new show.